Welcome to the fourth Big Brother Canada 3 recap episode of the UR Team Number podcast. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me, as ever, is one guy whose features would still be recognisable, even if Peely drew them, Logan Saunders. Evening. Uh, you can tweet us using the hashtag yattencast, or email us at yattencast at gmail.com. So, did we enjoy this week? Um, it was alright, I guess, overall. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't... Uh wasn't uh, mind-blowing or anything. It was more laughable with uh, how angry the fans were online regarding the uh, twist that uh, was a bit vague, which I guess we'll get to in a bit. Well, yeah, and also the fact that um, Bruno completely went, you know what, kind of, sorry, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm not blowing up my game for you. The Derek approach. Yeah, and that's definitely not going to come back and bite him, no, in Canada. Almost like the producers aren't going to um, try and absolutely bury him with a twist, eventually. Twistos twist. Exactly. Which safety deposit box will bring him his doom? We should start taking bets on numbers now. How many deposit boxes are there? We got up to like 113 or 130, I think, when uh, he had to go into the vault uh, towards the end of the week. It was 1319 he had to go into. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of safety deposit boxes to create just for 10 twists that will occur throughout the season. Unless they're given random digits for... Uh, each box that they have to open, that there's no rhyme or reason to it. Well, I did say um, when the vault was first announced that, you know, they've spent a lot of money on that, and it's kind of a waste if they don't keep using it. They've put a lot of safety deposit boxes in there, and most of them aren't even going to get used. Rinse it out to the homeless after all the house guests uh, leave at the end of the season. Tiny, miniature uh, homeless people. You can sleep in the safety deposit box. Just make sure... Th- that the keys aren't taken out. Uh, so, previously, Brittany went from pawn to queen and made the first big move of the season with the help of Sarah and Johnny's veto. Uh, she opened up the back door for Greg. And Johnny stood his ground against Greg. Ashley and Zach decided to target Bobby and Bruno as a pair. Godfrey counted his shirts wrong, leaving Zach to win the HOH advantage. And Bruno played both sides, and Greg got a 10 0 shutout. Although, my favourite bit of the sort of pre HOH bit was Godfrey's hair. Oh, yes. That was the greatest. Sarah had a few hairstyle, interesting hairstyles going on this week, too. I think Sarah went through about three or four different hairstyles, going from pigtails to long hair and having it wrapped up in uh, odd ways. She decided to go with the comedian approach rather than uh, dropping some uh, dropping some rhymes for the house, which was probably the wiser course to take. Yeah, and Godfrey actually did spit some bars by the end of the week, and yeah, it was probably the most cringeworthy bit of the week. <laughs> Did you appreciate all of the announcer's baseball puns uh, when Greg was uh, evicted from the house? I was a bit disappointed we didn't get a 10 nothing shutout. It was 10 up, 10 down. Come on now. <laughs> I did add in the uh, the ten nothing shutout for our previously bit, but yeah, you were wrong. His uh, your prediction of him saying ten nothing shutout was incorrect. But yet they made every other baseball reference possible, striking out uh, ten up, ten down, and then being cut from the roster. Yeah, they're probably uh, banking on him coming back, which we'll get to. Considering every single previously on segment re- directly referenced Greg. And the part where he says, hashtag ginger ninja, hashtag 604, peace. And we even saw him say the exact same thing when he came into the sequester house, which is nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he even carried it over there. He knew the ca- if the cameras weren't there, he would probably do it just for the for them anyway. 
they, they would be thinking, geez, it's just Risha, Cindy, Neha. Why do you have to say that? None of, the, none of us have access to Twitter or social media while in sequester. You don't have to hashtag. My favourite bit of the week was their reaction to him. It was just like, equal parts, how the hell did they manage this at equal parts? Oh shit, we've got to live with him for a week. So, we started with the HOH competition. And in this HOH competition, the house guests must slide down a sleepy hill into a pool of suds, find washcloths with letters on them in the suds, head through a rinse cycle, more water, squeeze through a ringer, pull themselves along a clothesline, and hang up the letters. The first house guest to spell out the phrase, fight dirty laundry, wins HOH, and $5,000 cash. For winning the t-shirt test last week, Zach gets a one-letter advantage. Which he squanders away because Newport's a smack dab in the middle, as Jordan likes to say. And I believe on the feeds that this is the last week that Newport actually wanted to throw HOH. I think they were um, they were saying that from this coming HOH competition, they were actually going to try. Interesting, considering there'd be... Well, they'd go back to having 12 house guests anyway. Oh, well, they didn't know about the twist, I'm assuming. Yeah. Right, so maybe, the, maybe next week they'll be like, well, it's back up to 12, so... We're just going to throw again, I guess. Well, the HOH competition should finish before the return competition. That's true, too. So the HOH will get their HOH room, and then the returnee will probably be waiting for them in it or something. Or maybe it'll be the vault. Yeah, they won't have to re-enter via diaper costume. Let's hope that the HOH doesn't leave them in there too long, because I suspect there's not uh, not very good air filtration or anything. They might die. They'll probably, they're probably stuck down there with Scott and Nate from last season. <laughs> I would just love it if, um, if the HOH has to go into the vault and pick from one of the three of them to return. Because <laughs> they said there was a chance of them returning. They didn't say that they weren't bringing back Scott and Nate as well. Yes, actually, that that's a very good point because, because when Scott and Nate were in last season, they said, well, you know, you guys do have a chance of being brought back. We just didn't, we just, uh, or not so much brought back, but brought in to begin with. We just didn't mean that it referred to uh, this season. You could just be stuck in the vault or the secret room season after season until you eventually get picked to be on the show. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like um, the return twist they used for Big Brother 9. Do you take James or do you take the Mystery House guest? That's true, too. It was the one where um, the public voted out of, the, out of about four or five people who they wanted to return. And then uh, the house guests had to choose whether they wanted James, who they'd just evicted to come back, or uh, Alex, who was the pick off of Anaphylactica Amanda. This is why writer strikes should not happen. So yeah, Bobby said that it almost makes you feel like you're being born again. It's a lovely mental image. Godfrey said it's like making pizza. Was that him that said it? That sounds like Godfrey. The bubbles were getting out of hand as well. It, it reminded me of Willy Wonka and the old school Willy Wonka, where... Where it's just uh, um, Charlie and Mike TV, and they're stuck in that bubble tunnel. But yeah, it reminds me a lot of Willy Wonka there, where Mike TV and his mom just get just it's bubbles everywhere, and that's sort of what it reminded me of, where it was just so over the top. Although they didn't have Sarah saying, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, fall into the metal ringer there," and then sure enough, she just keeps hitting it over and over again. Yeah, that that was comic timing. Although. Um... Bruno had a massive slip. I think he took Peely out. Oh, yeah, where he just completely just... What happened there again? Bruno came down uh, one of the slippy bits and just sped and accidentally took someone out. I think it was Peely. Looked like yeah. it. Like <laughs> they didn't offer a close-up on that. would have been a great screen grab as well. Do you notice that Willow's hair got caught at 1.2 in the ringer? I thought she was going to go bald for a second. What? Yeah, where her hair gets caught for a second in the ringer. Ow. 
Yeah, it looks painful because I have it written down here. Uh, and Bruno's thumb was getting more and more knackered as well. He was in like a full sling by the end of the week. Yeah, the, his thumb of his, that, uh, that, that's always an annoying injury to have whenever it's sort of like a sprain in a finger or a toe. I've noticed it's been uh, strapped up for the past couple of weeks, but I don't think we actually got any explanation as to why. Too much time in the chop shop? Yeah, just sort of, ah, I accidentally chopped my thumb, I've sprained it. And uh, Bruno gets triumphant music as he takes his last lesser over to the stand and wins the competition and HOH. With help from Godfrey. With help from Godfrey, yes. Because we all know that Godfrey would have, if he did it on his own, he would have gone for the buzzer once he had a quite dirty lawn. And he would have been just too excited and realized, oh crap, I'm missing the R and the Y. Why did I do a Vince Carter-style celebration with being so pumped up when I hit the buzzer? Ah, Godfrey, we're going to keep making that joke. So yeah, we have Bruno as the HOH this week. Yay. Just the person we wanted to win. He's a gamer. He's from Ottawa and he has children. Children who provide a good sub story. I love how there's like Rocky music and everyone cheering when he hit the buzzer. It was so phony and so over the top thinking that never happens in HOH where everybody just cheers on the person like they're Bruce Bogtrotter trying to eat the chocolate cake from Matilda. You can do it, Bruno. Lots of uh, Roald Dahl references today. I'm quite impressed. But yeah, they, I'm not sure whether the producers like Bruno or not. They probably don't like him considering what it, the decision he makes by the end of the week there. Yeah, with the triumph of music, they obviously quite liked him and quite wanted him to win HOH. And then by the end of the week, he ignores Canada's twist. Speaking of twists, I personally loved Sarah's punch dance rage attack after the HOH competition. The pillows did nothing to her. The Peelies did nothing to her? Well, the pe- Pilar the, and the Willow. Pillows. The pillows. Yeah, Pilar and Willow, obviously. Yes, the pillows. <laughs> That's their alliance name. She probably would have punched them too. Because they're not strong enough women. But we'll get to that. So we get to see about five minutes of Brittany, Johnny and Sarah moping about being potentially nominated. And also, after you mentioned it last week, the Show Me tablet returned in Bruno's HOH reveal. What did he watch? Do we ever get to know what they watch? No, they didn't tell us. That'd probably be advertising a takeaway from uh, Remedy, now on Global. You know what was bizarre to me is that Jordan said that one of his things on his bucket list was to see Bruno see his family. Which is the same bucket list that Jordan referenced where he said he wanted to uh, get action in the Big Brother house. So that's a, that's a very awkward bucket list to have. Family values versus getting some action with uh, Sydney with an S. Now the two items on his bucket list were get some action in the Big Brother house and meet some guy I've never met before's family. Because <laughs> that's not creepy. I've always wanted to meet somebody's family from Ottawa. I don't care who. Especially if he's a video game champion. That's just a Newport thing to do. That's a Newport bucket list. And Bruno cried over the concept of getting a letter as well. Do you think that, because I know this happens with a lot of reality shows, but do you think that a head of households are told that they have to react emotionally once they uh, open up the letter, even if it's not really what they're feeling uh, truthfully. I'm not sure because he did look legitimately um, upset that he wasn't going to be with his family. But Sarah passed out and that was all acting. True, but Sarah's a good actress. Very good actress. Almost as good as an actress as Karen Grodell from Survivor Palau. Something tells me that uh, Sarah's HOH room would be a great concept, actually. They just repaint the walls psychedelic. And And she gets to watch Weeds on Show Me. 
Obviously. They just go really stereotypical. Agresto. And all the heat was heading towards Sarah, but Johnny was the target. And uh, we finally got a mention of the hexagon as well, after I busted it wide open last week. Brittany, Sarah, Kevin, Johnny, Zach, and Jordan? Yeah. Well, it was a short-term alliance. Yeah, short-term alliance or shortest-term alliance. <laughs> Was that one of our shortest uh, alliances ever? I think so. It lasted less than a week. Yeah, it lasted all of about four days. And um, Sarah can't even right now. She's 150% sure she will be nominated, so she borrows math from Ted Rogers Jr. of Survivor Thailand. Well, she'd be 150 to 200% sure that she's getting nominated in that case. She's more conservative with her percentages that way. She was, she was just good enough at 150. In the same way that... Kevin knew instantly when he got called to the vault that it was an instant eviction. So, the have-not competition. Bruno gets extra power in the have-not competition because he gets to make two people automatically haves. And he chooses uh, Ashley and Bobby because they were have-nots last week, apparently. And apparently they are also members of the Chop Shop, which I think was an underlying reason. Really? They didn't mention it. No, but I mean, they, they but they are both are members of the Chop Shop, so I'm guessing that would also be a convenient reason to have them as haves a... Uh, Especially going into a veto competition where they could potentially compete and uphold Bruno's nominations. No, I mean, the, the Chop Shop is, is such an under-the-radar alliance. I know they don't want to get any blood on their hands, but it's just such a quiet alliance that we never know, we've never heard about the Chop Shop. I guess that's all live, live feeds, then. I, or the story that producers want to tell in the three episodes that they have per week that... They, they just don't find an interesting story to tell it from their perspective. I think they really want to create a sloppy seconds atmosphere from last season where they just tell it entirely from the underdog standpoint because that's the one that viewers are going to sympathize with more, even if the truth of it all, according to the feeds, is that the chop shop is the majority and they are running things. They're essentially the row two four for the, from Survivor Marquesas for the time being. Well, let's hope they get overthrown fairly soon, because, you know, they're a horrible alliance. Just got to call Johnny Cochran, and he'll be on the case. So, this competition is called Game of Bones. They are really pushing the puns on the competition names this season. Teams have 20 minutes to bring back as many bones with food items through a maze on them as possible. The team with the least number of items will be having nuts for the week. One of the team members is blindfolded and must be guided through the maze by the other two with some parts of the maze setting off the shot collar that's around the dock's net. Only the food items that they pick up will be items that they're allowed to eat this week. Chicken feet! Yeah, chicken feet. Godfrey really, really wanted the chicken feet for some reason. He's just like, I don't care what I get as long as it's, we get chicken feet. It is the most prized possession in the house. We'll contrast that with Zach, who was going for stuff like, yep, I want cream cakes, yep, I want beer, yep, I want candy. I don't care about anything else. I have food items that will upset your stomach take one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like winning a reward and going to a chocolate cafe, for example. Oh, Zach gets to have Snickers. 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 Thank you, Zoe. <laughs> I was going for a mic reference, but okay. I love the way that Jeff Probst says Snickers in that episode, by the way. The credits rolled when I was watching Survivor yesterday, and they went, sponsored in part by Mars, and I went, Really? I didn't guess that. Also, it's called Galaxy Not Dove. Uh, so the teams are Godfrey, Kevin, and Zach, with Kevin blindfolded, Brittany, Pilar, and Willow, with Willow blindfolded, obviously, and Johnny, Jordan, and Sarah, with Sarah blindfolded. Team Glasses. Yeah, Team Glasses. And Peely doesn't know her left from her right, which, you know, is kind of important in this competition. Just like how Arissa Cox, as a host, doesn't know her Peely's from her Polar's. Yeah, she keeps switching back and forth, doesn't she? Also, um, 
Willow getting shocked is just about my favourite thing. <laughs> it was like she was having a seizure. Sadly, she was moving too quickly for me to screen grab it, but, you know, there is a Willow as a dog screen cap. <laughs> when she was trying to break through the fence too, just pounding away at it. Well, seriously, they are quite torturing the house guests this season between the constant use of water in the competitions, to the electric sharks, to the uh, slot pools that they've used. They're just torturing them. So much electricity in the room. And uh, Sarah doesn't care what these people get to eat, or want to eat, which is nice of her. She's doing it out of the goodness of her heart. Yeah, exactly. She just wants to win. And it is Kevin and Sarah's teams who get 16 bones each and are halves for the week, including as Godfrey... Keeps pointing out, they get chicken feet, yay. And, yeah, there's not a lot more with the have-nots. I don't even think we see them in the have-not room this week. Yeah, just other than Sarah complaining about being panicked and discombobulated during the competition, uh, and Willow's uh, seizures there, uh, yeah, not a whole lot to uh, not a whole lot to add regarding the have-not competition. But then we get the couple of minutes focused on Bobby getting waxed, which, you know, there is literally nothing to say about, apart from the fact that why did we get shown this? But at least we get a Bobby Payne face. Yes. And it was really, really noticeable this week, but Johnny is so scripted in the diary room. He still, yeah, he was getting a ton of airtime. I think producers probably figured that he was going to be going home, or, well, by the time they're editing the episodes anyway, so that in that way doesn't surprise me too much. In fact, it was really only him and Sarah that got airtime for the whole week, it felt like. It was those just those two and Bruno. Nobody it, nobody was really uh, talked about during the, the whole week. Yeah, I mean, it was... Um, I think by about Monday, they'd... Pre- well, everyone had pretty much confirmed that they were uh, voting him out. I don't think there was going to be any, any change, at least. Kevin has been fading in terms of airtime, too, over the past week, because he was being set up as the decoy, but despite being... The decoy, his airtime was significantly less compared to uh, Johnny and Sarah. We have we just had the odd conversation of Kevin thinking he's bluffing Bruno, and then Bruno saying that, well, Kevin's pretty much as blind as he was during the Have Not competition. That he doesn't, that Kevin just doesn't know how to think from somebody else's perspective that somebody can see right through his own plans. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the first time that we've actually seen a a vault nomination with a shortlist where we've only seen three possibilities. We didn't... It was Kevin, Sarah, or Johnny. Brittany was HOH last time, and somehow she's nowhere near this conversation. Yeah, we didn't even see... I'm assuming Brittany was the fourth, but we didn't even see Brittany be the fourth. Is she that good, or, or just that underestimated, you figure? Probably, yeah. So, Kevin and Peely have been spending a lot of time together, but Kevin does, of course, have a bigger attraction to winning this game. Of the little airtime that Kevin got this week, he did get a couple of slightly dickish quotes. Pretty much, in terms of how we treat Peely and Johnny, uh, I would say so. Before I'd even watched the episode, I saw people just going, oh, how can Kevin betray his friend like that? So I knew something could happen. Meanwhile, the other half of the fan base just absolutely bashes and tears into Peely non-stop. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> Sarah would be one of that fan base because she gets really annoyed by the fact that Ashley and Peely are sitting pretty and not having to do anything. Yeah, isn't that the worst? Hey, Sarah, we know you're going on the block. Want to listen to us talk about our pointless showmance drama? And our boyfriends. It's just odd to see that, uh... 
Sarah's really the only female gain in active edit. Brittany, although being queen, is super under the radar as soon as the crown is taken off of her for the week. And then you have Willow, who's just there one-dimensionally as comedic relief. And then Peely and Ashley are just strictly involved in showmances and have zero other qualities in terms of airtime uh, shown on uh, the episodes there. The live feeds may be different, but according to the episodes, they're just shown as the objects of showmances and not being particularly used for anything more beyond that, especially with Peely, where Peely's just being portrayed as sort of an idiot, which I think is a bit cruel for the edit, but, I mean, they went out of her way to be like, well... She uh, is in a showmance with Kevin that Kevin doesn't, uh, that Kevin's just going to mock uh, relentlessly. And also, we're just going to say that she can't tell the difference between right and left. That will be Peely's edit for the week. To be fair, at least she got an edit this week, instead of last week. <laughs> yes, where the only scene she was involved in was physically counting how many females were left in the game. What about uh, JB's ass as well? <laughs> right. Where Jordan has to give a, an anatomy lesson. When um, she was talking about Jordan's backside, which is nice of her. And then Kevin took a ch- chance to uh, talk about Peely, so it's all coming from full circle here. And um, Sarah realises that the hexagon didn't defend her even a little bit, which, you know, makes them one of the short- shortest-lived alliances ever. At the nominations, it was Johnny, Kevin and Sarah, and one person who wasn't shown on the shortlist. And, of course, it was Johnny and Sarah who were nominated. All with uh, in the presence of uh, Brittany's pigtails, I believe. Did you notice in the start of the second episode, they did actually reveal the Vita winner? Yes, I noticed that too. I said, well, uh, so uh, so much for suspense there, but the second that you see the veto competition, you know that the HOH is going to win a competition like that about 99% of the time. Yeah, it was a little bit unfair of them to have this, not just in a season with uh, Bruno, but also in his HOH week where he's guaranteed to play it. It certainly wasn't the best planning ever on their part. Because this is a twist that you want, that, yeah, that you definitely want either Johnny or Sarah to win because they will 100% use that twist and completely flip the game. But instead they use it for when the HOH is almost inevitably going to win because the two nominees are going to go after the HOH and then everyone else, it makes sense for them to take out the two nominees and keep the nominations the same. The best case scenario would have been Britney winning it because if Britney would have won it, she could have taken down both nominees and then forced him to put up probably Kevin and someone else. Kevin and Zach? Or Kevin and Peely, I guess? Yeah, it'd probably be Kevin and Peely, but, you know, that'd probably mean Peely would go. Not a massive loss. Also in the second episode, we switch from baseball and oxyclean puns to uh, Bruno suddenly being an over-the-top uh, Italian character. A mafioso. Yes. First blood on the chop shop when Greg was taken out. The Italian stallion knocked Johnny and Sarah down a peg as he was first to the punch. Oh, Johnny's offer was an offer Bruno could refuse. Not to mention that in the previous episode that Kevin and Bruno's conversation took place while Bruno was wearing an Italy hoodie. I don't even wear wear or own an Italy hoodie. And you have no shape. (laughs) Also, you know how we keep discussing whether um, the alliance between Jordan and Kevin is uh, legitimate? It was confirmed. 
Yeah, Zach seems to consider it legitimate, even if uh, Jordan doesn't. Yeah, I think Jordan said that he considers it legit as well, that he has to protect Kevin. I think they do actually have a final three now. Before it was for show, but I think they actually genuinely have a final three. Final three with their uh, with using uh, Peely and Ashley probably as a fourth and fifth wheel. And then we went straight on to the POV, which is called Game Set Match. Each house guest has three targets with their face on it. Uh, one at a time, they need to try and take out their opponent's targets. They have to call out who they're targeting to allow that person to defend one of their targets. Once they're down to one, they can't lock that target down. Last person standing wins power of veto. And to keep things fair, the person shooting has a giant tennis ball put over their head while the victim places their lock. <laughs> the giant tennis ball was by far the best part of the competition. Well, yeah, and it was uh, Bruno, Johnny, and Sarah, and Bobby was Bruno's draw, Brittany was Johnny's draw, and Kevin was Sarah's draw, and the host was Zach, ably assisted by Willow, because, you know, Willow needs to be um, needs to be involved in everything, just from a hilarious point of view. Brittany went first and targeted Johnny, and she missed. So Bruno does draw first blood on Johnny. He got blood on his hands? Because he is a member of the chop shop who's willing to get blood on his hands instead of worrying about blood on his hands. And he's also a world-class gamer. Yay. On shooting games as well. It's not like he's a world-class gamer on uh, Smash or anything. He's, you know, a world-class gamer on FPSs. And to further the whole Italian references, he does have to reference Scarface when he eventually gets match point in this challenge. Say hello to my little friend. Still better than your impressions on Sunday, Logan. Sarah then decides that she's obviously not going to target Johnny, so she'll target Bruno instead. But she misses because her type of cannon has three papers and a filter. I love how I don't even have to write Sarah jokes. She just writes them for me. Although she does eventually get the target on Bruno there. Serve it, smash it, win it, love it, I believe were her words. And then Johnny goes after Bobby, but he misses. And then Bobby, for some reason, goes into sniper mode. I found out afterwards that Bobby apparently goes hunting with his dad. So that's why he go- he went into sniper mode. But, you know... Did he just see American Sniper? Because that was very much reminiscent of it, too. In the biggest heartbreaking moment of this veto, Kevin also targeted Johnny, but he missed. Yeah, but he, he he targeted Johnny, but in the worst way possible by completely taunting him. It's a beautiful day for tennis, clear skies, no wind. And you would think, geez, Kevin, how about you just stop talking and shoot? I'm sure Kevin or uh, Johnny would understand what you're doing. If you did it, did not act like a total D-bag. But no one was in Johnny's court, Logan. Yes, even before the challenge when I believe Johnny said in this competition he would go balls to the wall, but uh, Kevin removed his balls from the situation. It was Bobby who ended up knocking Johnny out after Bruno knocked out the second one and then uh, Sarah tried to knock out the third one. Sarah really understood the psychology of the challenge. Yeah, Sarah is still our hope for a ridiculous winner. A ridiculously awesome winner. Bruno doesn't think I can shoot that far, so I'll shoot for the further one. Bruno, you're a world-class gamer. Couldn't your strategy be a bit more beyond that? Or I guess he just didn't want to overthink it and just uh, leave it at that. Yeah, he's probably a world-class gamer on Call of Duty. though. So yeah, Sarah was the next target and she was knocked out by Bruno. And uh, then it was Kevin. With his ridiculous mind game with Sarah too. Actually, it was uh, Kevin who knocked Sarah out. Yeah. And then uh, Brittany knocked Kevin out because Baby got backhand. That was a good line. Yeah, she was on fire, as she said, with the whole gun pose as if she was Chun-Li from Street Fighter. Brittany was knocked out by Bruno. And then Bruno won the competition 
after Bobby tried to psych him out. You're going to choke. You're going to choke. You're going to choke. Yeah, Bobby shouldn't have been allowed to sort of get right next to Bruno's face and go, you're going to lose. He should have put the giant tennis ball on Bruno's head right before they shot. You're going to choke. You can't see. What are you going to do when you can't see, Italian Stallion? Got to feel. The, you got to feel where the guns go and feel the court. Maybe they should have put that in as a twist. If you um, if you target someone who's down to one target, you have to uh, you have to put the tennis ball on your head. And you have to spin around ten times before you do it. No, because you'll probably hit the audience. <laughs> Crush Peely again for the second day in a row. Damn! Damn it, Bruno! You did this in the HOH where you completely took her out on the ropes, and now you're taking her out. <laughs> With a giant foam tennis ball. Having said that, I would love to see uh, to have got a screen cap of someone getting shot in the face with a tennis ball. Yes, Dick, Ch- Dick Cheney will be in Big Brother Canada season four. It would have brought me so much joy. Uh, so after the veto, Johnny obviously feels hurt by Kevin targeting him. We did skip over one major part of the episode, though. Before the veto competition, we have to address the mysterious orange liquid that Zach was drinking when he was talking to Johnny in the storage room. I'm just assuming it was an energy drink of some description. I just love how he drank straight from the huge bottle and was pouring as much of it into his mouth as possible. He does not drink like a normal person does. Well, maybe he's just afraid of germs. He's sort of like the anti-Pawnee resident. Another Parks and Recreation reference? Damn right. I've got Lil Sebastian watching over me at the moment. I actually do have a Lil Sebastian blush. He's just staring deep into my soul until I make references. Uh, so yeah, Sarah received a secret mission, and she must hide clues around the house as part of a treasure hunt for her fellow house guests. She must then collapse to the floor in a dramatic fashion, which actually almost happens for Rhea when she's running down the stairs. And uh, when she collapses, they find a note on her which says they must head to the HOH to change into their scrubs before receiving further instructions. And it's the dad from, uh, it's the dad from Veronica Mars. It's Keith Mars himself, uh, addressing the house guests, which I saw coming due to, uh, the Twitter feed where, uh, Keith Mars was directly tweeting Arissa Cox on Twitter, uh, talking about Big Brother weeks before his appearance. I love how generic the instructions were. Check the person. Yeah, he did not know who it was at all, which kind of made it funnier for me. Like he filmed this months ago and said, okay, I guess this will be used for uh, for something down the road here. Where's, where's my $1,000 so I can go home? The letter said that she's allergic to eggs. Yeah, make it subtle, big brother. These were the, this was even easier than clues for the hidden immunity idol in Survivor. The, cl- the first clue was the guy saying, go check the person's belongings. And then the next clue was, um, this person has an egg allergy. Those two clues could not be any easier or any clearer. The only difficult bit was them finding the second key actually on Sarah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of like a clue saying the hidden immunity idol is definitely on the ground. Okay, Judd. I got ADD! <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Johnny might have actually stabbed her as well. I love Godfrey in this challenge, though. Because he stands by Sarah the whole time, trap pretending to console her, and then he <laughs> there's this one part where he's uh right right by Sarah and says, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Woo! Eggs. I think Godfrey's sort of disappointed by any competition that doesn't feature a gigantic red button for him to press too early. He loves pressing red buttons, chicken feet, and eggs. Godfrey's three favorite things that he can't live without. And. Then we have lots and lots of remedy puns, and thankfully we don't have to see too much of the program because, you know, it's an all. Yes. 
I do like, though, in addition to Godfrey's obsession over eggs, I do like that when Sarah was hiding the clue beforehand in the eggs, that Zack jumped in and he started to count the pickles in the fridge. Maybe he thinks that he's going to be a, a, an upcoming H2H competition. Yes, food does not change in direct relation to how it is consumed by the house guests over time. Yeah, I mean, they kind of knew it was going to be a mental competition this week, so surprise. And Kevin also says, when I came into this house, I promised myself I wouldn't let emotions control me. Classic game lot there. Mm-hmm. And this would be the point in a normal uh, Big Brother Canada recap where Ben would go on a five-minute rant about how how much of an arsehole Kevin is and how he hates game bots. But Ben's not here, so, you know, we're going to skip over that bit. Yes, it is implied. I do love Will- I do love Willow's reaction to the reward, though, that she doesn't even uh, address that she's excited over watching Remedy. She's just excited over soda, chocolate, candy, anything. <laughs> well, she is a have-not. <laughs> Right. So, you know, any any sugar in her system will be very dangerous for Willow, but also welcome. She'll be doing laps around the house. And I must say, where, wherever Ben is right now, he's sorely missed, and we don't know whether he's going to be back Sunday, he'll definitely be back for next week, though. So probably mockers for mocking him. I do have to withdraw my comment about Willow. Apparently she did state that she's definitely buying season one of Remedy when she gets home. I should point out that even though it's a Canadian show, that I have yet to watch Remedy myself, even with the five-minute uh, plug-in for, uh, for this episode here. Well, you're too busy, I'm assuming, watching Big Brother and then Survivor. Or, you know, yeah. decent shows. Or things on Netflix. I, I hear there's good there's good TV on Netflix. Well, they do have the next couple of seasons of Amazing Race on Netflix Gold Premium Plus. Yeah, the Amazing Race 27 and Amazing Race 28 were both filmed uh, the past year. It's just been sitting in the editor's uh, suite there, and I believe they just finished uh, putting together season 27, and it will be uploaded to Netflix Gold Premium Plus, I think, on the 30th. So a little lookout for that on the 30th. Who'd have thought, as a response to the all-dating couple season, they'd have an all-lesbian couple season? In fact, The Amazing Race Canada 4 is seriously considering casting two house guests from this season for when The Amazing Race Canada 4 copies season 27 of the US and has their own uh, lesbian dating couple season. But we'll get to that fairly soon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So... It was also Bruno's birthday this week, and he's got a surprise in his HOH room. More crying, because he gets a birthday card from his kids. Do they intentionally cast people for Big Brother Canada whose birthdays are either going to fall within the filming schedule of late March, April, and May? Probably. Does that mean I'm screwed from getting on Big Brother Canada? I've applied three times. Oh. And my birthday is after May, so I guess I'm screwed. I really want you to get cast on one of these seasons just so Ben and I can rip the shit out of you for three months. <laughs> I'm sure everyone has, is waiting for me to get on one of these shows. Well, yeah. I just want to sit here for 12 weeks and be mean about you and get away with it. <laughs> and the worst part is I'd probably be under contract so I couldn't even join on the podcast and try to fire back. Well, exactly. So we'd have 12 weeks of you being completely and utterly mocked and then not, not being able to say anything to us outside of a private chat. Logan tried his hardest to compete on Big Brother Canada, but he was first evicted, and they are laughing at him. And that's rude. That's right. Margie Adams from Amazing Race will have an investment into how I perform on Big Brother Canada 4. Seriously, this is like four podcasts in the row that we've referenced Margie. <laughs> 
Never gets it. Still hasn't gotten old for me yet. I don't think it's gonna uh, gonna top our impressions from Sunday, but still. You know what I loved? The one thing that I liked about the birthday scene is Godfrey trying to find a hiding spot. Apparently, he can pick up women by playing peekaboo two feet behind them, but he can't figure out a a hiding spot in a large room. I just love how you're pushing the Godfrey agenda. Well, someone has to. I think Godfrey is awesome, so. I mean, I have to, I have to make up for it. What are we gonna do? Talk about Kevin and Johnny the whole, the whole podcast? How about no? So Johnny has no hard feelings towards Bruno at the veto ceremony, if he uses it or not. And just as Bruno's about to announce what he's going to do, he's called to the vault, yay! And has to find security deposits box 1319. It was very fitting because he just had to look at a birthday card containing a tractor, and this setup from the Big Brother godlike voiceover uh, was a great detractor from the ceremony. Uh, so Bruno receives the power of double veto, meaning he can veto both nominees if he chooses. And Johnny says, this could be the light at the end of the tunnel for me. If I'm not mistaken, doesn't that usually mean he's going to die? Yes, the light at the end of the tunnel. He, 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 he was perfectly accurate with that quote, but not the whole... But but it was by pure accident rather than intention. And despite considering putting up Zach and Ashley, Bruno decides not to use the power of VO as it's too early to make a big move. I should note that in Canada, when the second episode of this week aired on TV, that the episode, that the episode ran over an hour long, even though it started on time, and my PBR cut it off just when Bruno entered the, the vault. It was forceful minute after adverts which you know is very long. She's about 42. Yeah, we didn't even get to see credits or anything. It was just Bruno about just finished his uh, reading through the envelope regarding the twist, and that was it. The episode just suddenly cuts off. To be fair, you didn't miss much because they, they didn't actually announce what he was going to do until uh, the third episode. Yeah, that's what I was glad about. I was thinking, okay, okay, they're just going to draw this out for ten more minutes in the following episode. I didn't miss much. But just for the record, if anyone needs Kevin, he'll be in his fortress. There's one other thing about Bruno's birthday that I want to bring up right now. That the spilt out happy birthday uh, B.I. with pillows in the backyard. And I just, I could not... Uh, Form those initials with pillows uh, with a straight face. Happy birthday, bye! <laughs> the thing that made me laugh is the fact that they did HBD for happy birthday, which now only reminds me of Suki and Jinder from Major Race Canada. HBD? HBD, Jinder. Do you remember the, ha- the hashtag on the screen? Right. <laughs> During the, uh, the fast-forward episode with nakedness, yay! Right. <laughs> uh, and Godfrey says after a conversation with Sarah, just like every other deal I've made in this house, this deal is pure lies. All lies. The funniest thing is, that's pretty much what Sarah said as well. Who knows? I would love for that alliance to happen. I always hold out hope. Also, did you notice that uh, Sarah was wearing a shirt by Nedda from last season's company during that scene? I noticed the Black and Saint on her back. I wonder if Nedda paid Big Brother to uh, make a house guest wear that shirt in the house. The eviction episode preview are the previously on segment, uh, continued on with, it was more boxing uh, puns, if anything. So they're really trying to push Bruno as Rocky, was saying that, oh, Greg was the first sucker punch, Italian selling won the title, Bruno had uh, Sarah and Johnny against the ropes, or uh, Bruno called his shots, 
Johnny was flat on his back and Kev, Kevin was nowhere to be found. Interpret that how you will. And I think that was about it for the boxing puns. And then they, of course, went into a bunch of tennis-related puns for the veto competition. And um, Sarah and Johnny do gummy bear strategy, which Johnny tries to leverage. And then we have our sort of other minor task of the week, which was Big Brother TV. 100 per. It's a 100 per uh, TV show. Which one of the programs was your favorite one? Um, probably the one that didn't make it on air on BBTV and ended up being BBTV After Dark. <laughs> you mean the rap party, where Ashley had to lick uh, Strawberry Jam off Zach's body and Sarah and Willow made out for some reason. I'm quite partial to anything featuring Sarah in this task, actually, because Judge Sarah's showroom was ridiculous. But also her, her roasting people in the BBTV search for skills, with a Z, was actually pretty good. Boom, roasted Andy Samberg. But the one highlight of this task for me was Willow as Justin Bieber. <laughs> it was the best Justin Bieber impression I think I've seen. I'm not kidding about that. It was very spot on. She was just such a good Justin Bieber. I was like, wow, I think Willow just earned 10 more points there strictly because of her Bieber impression. And um, during the... BBTV search of skills. We also had Godfrey rapping. Uh, <laughs> it was though. It was like eighty Spoonie G rap. Oh man, it was brutal. I know I posted this on uh, on Facebook yesterday, but I just I, when I was watching this episode, I actually sent a message to everyone at Yatancast, just going, "Do I have to watch Godfrey rap because it's awkward as hell?" <laughs> it was like my uh, mother was trying to rap. I'm. I am really bad for cringe, but anyone who is just awkward singing and awkward uh, dancing and awkward rapping just really sort of sets me off cringing. My name is Logan, and I like Hulk Hogan. There, that's a rap. That that was a Godfrey-level rap right there. Willow did some uh, contemporary dance as well, which is always appreciated. More seizures. She was reenacting the the dog competition. And uh, we had Peely drawing things badly as well. What an artist. And Brittany, Bobby, and Bruno doing a, a hip-hop dance as well. The Trey Bees. If, if they had Willow as Bieber, it could have been the Quad Bees. Oh, the Quad Beebs. And uh, we also had Big Brother Canada 2 Rewind, starring the cast of Season 3, and John as well. Seems though John and Ned live in uh, Toronto now, so they can just... They're at no moment's notice. They live out just a block away from the Big Brother house, if I'm not mistaken. They are that desperate to continue to be tied into the show. Yeah, they they definitely live in Toronto now. Or Missagua, wherever the uh, house is. Missagua? Is that like a combination of Mississauga and the country of Nicaragua? Yeah, pretty much. So then we move on to the eviction. Whoa, you're jumping ahead here, didn't you? Uh, what about Sarah's ridiculous courtroom show? I've noticed that throughout the whole week, whenever it's like Zach hosted the veto, or there was the have-not competition, or the the showroom, that they, Johnny or Sarah always compliment uh, Zach's uh, physical appearance that no matter what even the medical task yes the medical task too that uh, Zach's outfit so I think that joke will probably continue because producers certainly go out of their way to edit that into every single episode possible that pretty much each competition is just an excuse for Zach to be put into a new outfit 
and for one of the other contestants to comment on Zack in said outfit. Well, they are portraying Johnny as a predator towards Zack now. And you know what was even better about the whole BBTV thing? Is Bobby's Kenny impression. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that with the Canada 2 Rewind. And then Willow timing it perfectly with quoting uh, Sabrina. Oh, that's why you love yoga. It was just a subtle enough reference, but if you caught it, it was it pretty much made it ten times funnier than Poppy in the ridiculous Kenny costume. The other great bit about that was the unexplained Johnny as Nedda as well. Johnny didn't even speak as Nedda, but John just sort of gave him an order and went, oh, Nedda's gone downhill. <laughs> I did not notice that. Go back and watch it, it's... John just only says one line to him, but it's something along the lines of, Ned has gone downhill. You know what would have been better, too, is if, instead of Johnny being Netta, it was Greg being Netta, and because of how Greg associates Netta, it's just Greg trying to do a Neha impression, because that's how Greg thinks. <laughs> Peace! It's the new Netta. Uh, so, at the eviction, it's another very predictable vote. Hold on, hold on. We have not covered the ridiculous, cheesiest makeout scene I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Why on earth did they focus on that? The storage room is just supposed to be for dancing and people uh, uh, mocking the other contestants behind their backs. But no, we have Willow insisting to make out with Sarah in the most laughable and cheesiest makeout session I think I've witnessed ever. And you're an expert on makeout sessions, Logan. Oh, yes, very much so. Uh, you know, just pop in some Trident or Juicy Fruit and I'm good to go. I'm not sure whether that was as a consequence of the tree or diet or whether, you know, Willow was just a bit sloshed. Yes, maybe on sh- on Show Me they had, a, they had Katy Perry's movie playing and then Willow just went from there. And then she asked if she was good at the end, which was made it even that much more cheesier. So are we going to talk about the eviction now? Yes, go ahead with the eviction. Uh, yeah, it was predictable. Johnny, 9 nothing. But we had some great quotes. I know you you love me breaking down some of the eviction quotes, because there are some ridiculous ones. We had uh, Bobby saying, welcome to the shop, chop shop, bud. We also had a repeat of the hallway moves as well. I know we point these out every week. But uh, Bobby and Willow and Willow and Ashley did exactly the same move. Under the legs? Classic. And Brittany also greeted Arissa by saying, Hey girl, hey! But my personal favourite one, and a bit of a throwback to last week, was Kevin. How's the golden goddess tonight? Please vote to evict. (laughs) And screw you. (laughs) I know I pointed this out last week. Kevin flirted with Arissa and she was just like, No, get on with it. Shut down. You're stuck with Peely. I'm bored of you. So yeah, Johnny was evicted by a vote of nine to nothing, but nearly wet himself when he found out there was a chance of him coming back. The gummy bears didn't help. The gummy bear strategy session with Sarah, where they use gummy bears to give each other information, and Johnny's all, "Oh, I'm going to use this against Sarah," and she's not even realizing it. Well, too bad, Johnny. That didn't work at all because you're gone nine zero. And also, Sarah is a lot less threatening to them. That's exactly why they got rid of Johnny because Johnny will win competitions, and hopefully Sarah will. But you know. Hopefully they made the wrong choice. Uh, so then we get to talk about probably my favourite bit of the entire week, the sequester house. It starts out as the quote-unquote cottage of girls. So the first four evictees live together in the sequester house. 
which does actually mean that uh, that Risha had to live there on her own with no one for company. Because the cameraman won't have talked to her. She would have just sat there doing naff all. I wonder if the ca- uh, the cameraman, because it mostly is men, if they're like, well, there's something else to sequester your house for now, so uh, here's a poll, Risha, and <laughs> do as you please. Also, uh, we have a closet full of new clothes for you, and what do you know... They're all trench coat. We've seen how you work a pole in Toronto. No, no, do it. <laughs> do it in the sequester house. So yeah, our first introduction to them is them causing Cindy pain by doing her eyebrows. And uh, Cindy doesn't work out. Cindy naps. Cindy naps and uh, and and uh, eats popsicles. The funniest thing of the week was just the girl's reaction to Greg walking through the door and him just shouting his hashtags. <laughs> they couldn't even. They're trying. They're still trying to absorb the shock of. Craig being evicted, thinking, oh my god, he's evicted. Zip 604, hashtag great ninja ginger ninja, hashtag peace, hashtag I just got evicted. <laughs> just just throwing out hashtags like it's Harry Potter trying to think up every spell to dish out to uh, defeat Lord Voldemort. It was ridiculous. I like how you're still using the Pokemon reference there. Yes. Great ninja, ginger ninja. We got a discussion on what they thought the return would be based on, and Greg wanted a vote to return because he thought he'd win. Do you think he would win? Given that last time I checked Jokers, which is the main live feed site, and also has a ranking of all the house guests by public vote, Greg was firmly bottom for about four weeks, I think it is. No, not even a little bit. Who's top in popularity? Nehar, I think, was top last time I checked. Any... Shockers in terms of who Jokers likes that deviates from the edit we're being presented on the show. Um, I think Kevin was quite high. Jordan's reasonably high. Zach was about ninth place last time I checked. Sarah's really, really high. Obviously, <laughs> more weight than one. I was setting that up. Uh, Brittany's obviously really high. I don't think Johnny was that high. I think Johnny was fairly low. That's a that's a good place. But I don't particularly want to look at it just in case I find out who's returned. You know what was great with the sequester house and after we saw the montage of Risha and Neha just running the treadmill as if they are going to be on an absolute war path if they re-enter the house while Cindy just couldn't care less that when they're brought out into the studio and then Risha saying, oh yeah, Neha was on like a dirty shirt and ready to go back in the house right away. And then, Greg, you said, oh, I don't know if I want to be here. Hashtag, I want to quit and go home. Uh, <laughs> just Arissa's. I was not expecting a Greg impersonation from uh, Arissa, which furthers my belief that Arissa Cox is probably one of, if not the best Canadian reality TV host. Even better than Monty. One of, if not the best. So it's it's close. They each need another season for me to determine a clear winner. Monty has to be up there just given his willingness to do anything, whether it's drink snake bile, jump off the Macau Tower, or just generally do terrible puns. My one wish for Amazing Race Canada 3 this this year is just, I need more Monty puns. I need a pun at least every episode, just so we can laugh. He's the true ginger ninja. None of these pretenders like Greg, who said in the, um, in the sequester house that the chop shop would get chopped. It's Chop City now. Chop City. The LCC, double C's, which I think is, uh, which uh, matches uh, Rish's broadside. So they both have that in common. So um, who do we think is most likely to return, given that I know you don't know? We don't even know what the competition is yet. I know, but we know it's going to take place on the stage. With Greg's glasses too? If Greg is wearing the same glasses as he 
continues to uh, show off, he may have a chance. I didn't write down about Greg's glasses, but I'm so glad that they returned, because I love them. They weren't the pink ones, though. They weren't the pink ones, they were the white ones, but still. He looks suitably ridiculous in a shirt and those glasses. Glasses, glasses, as uh, the Doctor would say in uh, Brain Age for the Nintendo DS. Dr. Kawashima. Yes, glasses, glasses, and then he makes a funny face where he blinks like crazy on screen there. Ah, Dr. Kawashima, I've not uh, seen him for a while. He needs to be seen more often, really. Also, going back to Arissa and Greg, she did actually call him the Ginger Ninja as well. Yes, that is furthering his cause, because he's got a hashtag going and a nickname that people can identify with. I kind of hope that Monty is aware of Greg's work. I keep tweeting him about it. Oh, you do? Each week? You update John Monty on the progress of Greg Merritt from Pit Meadows, BC? Well, I keep calling them Long Lost Brothers. Have you tweeted, like, side-by-side picture to Monty? Just to be like, just to demonstrate proof? I will do that after the show, because, yeah, it's hilarious. And knowing Monty will probably give me some ginger rage or something. Why are gin- ginger so negative that way? Why not some ginger love? That's never an expression. It's always ginger hate, ginger rage, ginger ale. Suki and ginger. Suki and ginger. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no positive things to be associated with ginger. So why are they so negative? I think it's just because they're persecuted. Are we, are we laughing at them too much? No, you can never laugh at a ginger too much. Uh, so the HOH competition finally. This challenge is called Before or After. Arissa will give them two events and they must decide whether the second event happened before or after the first. If they get it right, they stay in. If they get it wrong, they're out. Last person standing is the new HOH. You know what's a fun fact? Did we find out the HOH before or after the end of this episode? After. We get to stay in. And we're going to pause right here and we're going to end this podcast right now. Yeah, this is a Big Brother staple. I'm not sure they should have done it this early. I would have waited another couple of weeks personally, but it's not very difficult if it's this early. But we still get to see uh, Ashley wrong. Yes, she messed up on one of the first two questions that were very easy to answer, even as a viewer that wasn't a living. We only saw two questions. The first one was Zach winning his $1,000 before or after Greg winning his thousand dollars and everyone was correct with after and then the one that she got wrong was Brittany blocking a shot in game set match before or after sarah was put on the block it's this week ashley yes how do you not remember this i think she might be throwing it i hope she's throwing it peely got if peely gets both right and you get it wrong you should be just you should just make up on the spot and just admit you were throwing it if ashley was throwing it Pick a better question, one where it's not so blatantly obvious that you're either throwing it or an idiot. Does seven come before or after the number six? I'm going to go before. Ashley, you are out of the competition, and your counting skills are even worse than Peely's. And that's saying something. So, who do we suspect is going to win HOH? Um, before or after? Who, who's good? Does anybody have a career that... Uh, Involves uh, putting things in chronological order easily. Well, I think it honestly depends on whether Zach and Jordan are throwing it or not. Because if they're throwing it, I'm going to guess probably Sarah. Because while she's a stoner, I think this is the sort of competition she can dominate. She passed, but she was passed out for a good hour or so in the house. She's not, she didn't even get to be involved in some of the events that occurred. Yeah, but 
in the interest of fairness, they probably can't put those sort of questions in. Unless it's something like, did Sarah place the key in the eggs before or after she hid the note in her luggage? <laughs> that would be such a mean question. How are we supposed to know? 50-50 guess. Take your best chance. If you were if you were playing this game hard, you would have known when Sarah was placing the key in the eggs. If Newport aren't throwing it, then I think we're probably going to see a tiebreaker of some description. Probably a JP victory? I mean, Jordan is my suspect, but I don't think they'd want to win it. As much as I hate to say it, Godfrey might be a good choice as well, because he's a lot smarter than he's letting on. I like that we're getting to the point where people are going to stop throwing competitions. I really, really don't want a Godfrey win, because <laughs> I just think it'll be a little bit depressing. I know you want a Godfrey win, but... I just think it'll be a little depressing, because he's going to put up Brittany and Sarah. It would also put a target on his back, too. But it's going to be a horrible week if Godfrey wins. Or if any of the Chop Shop wins, actually. At least he would get airtime. He has gotten very little of airtime so far this season. Given what I've seen of the live feed reports, there are plans in motion this week for some fun backdoors and some fun pairings and nominations if the right people win. So I'm holding out hope that we're going to see... Someone who will put up, for example, Bobby and Bruno. Or maybe Kevin and Peely. Or maybe Ashley and Zach. Or Zach and Jordan is another one that's been floated. This is the sort of move that needs to happen and to kickstart the season properly. I definitely agree because with the because right now it's pretty much a stalemate between the two sides. Although it's not really two sides, it's pretty much just everyone against... Uh, well, everyone against Sarah and Brittany. And those two aren't exactly big threats or not... not perceived to be anyway so really when everybody has already picked which side they're on and everybody knows where everybody lies up in the hierarchy then things are about are bound to shake up we can live in hope that this is going to be a fun week and final thing as always who is gonna get evicted i think or who's gonna be brought back we should discuss that first I mean, I do. I have a preference list for who I want to be brought back. Obviously, Naya is by far at the top of that because she will stir shit up. She will team up with uh, with Brittany and Sarah to stir shit up. And I'm assuming the returnee is going to be granted a week of safety as well because they'll be joining after the HOH. I wish Neha and Greg could go back into the house together. That would be my ideal situation is that both of them are brought back in. I honestly think of the first four evicted rish is probably the worst option because she will probably be quite passive whereas cindy as we know is a troublemaker neha obviously desperately wants to be back in and will do anything basically i think cindy would go out so early if she was brought back in she would be just be playing the same game and she never earned anybody's trust when she was during her entire stay in the house nobody really trusted her and she was just bound to go no matter what, she had to win her way to survive as long as she did. And then you've got Risha, who I don't think could really mesh socially with all of the house guests. The only person she got along with was, I believe it was Cindy, was really the only person that she talked to. Then we've got Neha, who thinks logically, and she was just taken out because she's a big threat and she was entertaining. And then you have Greg, who is who was viewed as a, well, not so much as a big threat, but just as a... Pain in the ass. Yeah, the head of the dragon, the head of the ginger. The best thing about Greg coming back would be the fact that he would be a complete target, but if he's telling the truth about wanting to target the chop shop, that wouldn't be a terrible thing. If he could then team up with uh, Sarah and Brittany, despite the fact that they got him out. That sucks for anybody who is in the chop shop that just had the ginger ninja expose your whole alliance upon being evicted. 
that he said, hey, if any of you besides me are going back into the house, guess what? Bobby, Bruno, Godfrey, Ashley, and Willow are all in this alliance together, even though you guys probably already figured it out on your own, but I'm just going to confirm that for you, so uh, shake up the game as you please. Well, the best thing for the chapter would actually be Johnny coming back, because he doesn't know about it. All right, he won't have that information. No, he doesn't have that information unless, you know, they tell him before he goes in. That's not going to really change anything, though, because everybody would want Johnny out again. I don't think Johnny can go anywhere, even if brought back. I think Nehar would be targeted the least of them, with the exception of Risha, because Risha's so passive. But Nehar, if she played it correctly, could last the longest of the five, I think. And also, Nehar's awesome. Yes. I just want Nehar to be horrible to people again. It'll be fun. Only the main biggest reason why I wouldn't want Neha back in there is because her and Godfrey do not get along, and it always hurts me when Neha and Godfrey were targeting each other since they were my two favorites. But at the same time, she's got the biggest potential, in my humble opinion. So you you would you would say, Michael, that you would be putting the Jinja Ninja on the bench? Yeah, I'm going to send him back to the showers. Not in an Amazing Race 26 way. Okay, Bracky. So who's being evicted this week? I would say, given that I I kind of know from just following the live feeds last week that people are actually planning bigger moves. The Chop Chop is planning to basically blow up this week, I think, because Bruno and Bobby are targeting Ashley and Zach. Uh, Zach and Jordan are obviously targeting most of the Chop Shop now. Kevin and Peely are in danger as well. I'm going to guess that we will see... A showman split? I'm going to go for Bobby, actually. That's what I was thinking, too. I thought... I think a member of one of the showmances will win HOH, and then they'll just put up probably Bobby and Bruno and then send Bobby packing. I think Bobby is probably the biggest target in the house now that Johnny's out. I agree. It's safe for the Chop Shop to target him because Bobby and Bruno are a pair. I think a pair is going to get split up, so I think it's going to be one of Bobby and Bruno... Kevin and Peely, Zach and Ashley, or Zach and Jordan. Which I know is seven people of a potential eleven, but still. A pair is going to get split up, I think, and a pair will be going on the block. And finally, who do we think is going to win? A whole game? Uh, I can't, I already said Risha last week, so I'll change my prediction. And I am going to say that we will probably have... A Willow win? Because that would be funny. Willow would be the most ridiculous winner purely because can you imagine A, her speech to the jury, and B, her victory dance. I think this is the third week in a row where I said that I'm expecting Willow to win. Because she's still not in any real danger. It depends who comes back, really, because if someone comes back and finds out that Willow's been deceptive, she might go up the pecking order a little bit in terms of people to get targeted. I don't think she's in any danger this week because... I think they're probably going to be trying to split up a pair. But I'm going to hold out hope and still say a Sarah victory. I think if Sarah plays it right, she can. She still got a chance to win. And somehow Brittany's still in the mix. Nobody's thinking about Brittany. I honestly don't think Brittany and Sarah are going to be targeted even if the other side win 8 to H. Because everyone seems to have their own personal targets to try and cut out a pair. Now. If Sarah just sits back, relaxes, and waits for pairs to get split up and then rounds up all the halves of the pairs that are left and forms a super alliance... Septagon. The Septagon Alliance. Wonder where she got that name from. So, anything else to add about this week? Nope, just that Sarah and Brittany and Will are probably in the three greatest positions in the house right now, and I don't think any of them will be going terribly soon. No, neither do I. So, thank you for listening to us. We'll be back 
next week for another Big Brother candidate recap episode of Yattencast. If you want to follow any of us on Twitter, you can do so at the handles posted in the description below. And you can join at least Logan and I, if not Logan, I and Ben, to recap the upcoming episodes, episodes plural, of Amazing Race 26 this coming weekend. See you next week. See ya. Peace. Hashtag peace. Well, yeah, implied.